Chapter 59 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 59 Dr. Juno performs a serious operation on Deacon Stew. When Dr. Juno arrived at his office, the clock struck four, being not far from daylight. He found the sick soldiers and the half-scared deacon nicely seated within his sanctum. He immediately ordered the soldiers to remove the fetters from the deacon. Then he handed the handcuffs to them which his holy deaconship had put on Miss Armington, to be shown him when the doctor said, "'Scoundrel, do you know these little bracelets?' "'Yes, sir, I do,' responded the chop-fallen deacon. "'Did you order them to be put on Miss Armington, so that you might carry out your infernal designs?' ejaculated Dr. Juno, flushed with holy indignation. "'Answer me squarely, or you may infuriate me so terribly that I will slay you before you have time to reply. Speak instantly!' "'Yes, sir. I had them placed on her, but—' "'No buts, sir,' interrupted Dr. Juno. "'Well, I was going to say that I did it only to prevent her from assaulting me,' stammered the pious deacon. "'Liar that you are!' exclaimed Dr. Juno, and now, addressing his men, continued, "'Soldiers, put them on his beautiful wrists, joining his hands behind his back, as he did to the innocent and helpless young lady, for the purpose of ravishing her. And, as soon as you have done that, place him on this large center table on his back, and secure his legs backward and upward, for I shall make him a eunuch for the kingdom of heaven's sake, so he cannot become a breeder of sanctified criminals, nor make any more attempts to ravish innocent females. Oh, have mercy, 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 I pray you! I ask humbly a thousand pardons, and will make reparation for all the insults, danger, injury, and wrong that I have done to the young lady, if you will only grant me the privilege of escaping your just wrath. By the God above me, I swear it!" ejaculated the helpless deacon, in terrible despair, whilst Dr. Juno stood silent for a moment, staring the deacon in the face, half-smiling. Then he said, "'Well, sir,' you acknowledge more than I thought a saintly scoundrel could be guilty of, and then you coolly ask me to let you off, and you appeal to God to swear to a lie, thinking that I am a fool or a chicken-hearted dunce. But I will show you how coolly I can cut you, how easily, slowly, and torturingly I can ply my professional skill, and again I will not harm you, but to the contrary, benefit you so much that you may yet repent of your bloody deeds, and be converted to a sound piety before you die. This will be a Christian charity, holy deacon, elect saint, would it not?" said Dr. Juno firmly, sharpening his scalpel as calmly as if he was going to carve an apple. "'Oh, doctor, you do not know what drove me to do those acts, with which you are undoubtedly familiar by this time. It was love pure love, which was refused me, that drove me to those desperate acts!" exclaimed the deacon, and continued, 
and, as you also know what that is, I hope you'll be merciful to a disappointed man whilst you have gained a glorious victory over me." Indeed. You reason like a philosopher, or like a wicked fool. Does love, pure love, torture and ravish, or attempt to ravish its idol? And do you look upon a man like me to be such a contracted-minded being as to be duped by such sophistry whilst you are securely in my power? Soldiers, gag him now, when I will to work," said Dr. Juno. It took him twenty-five minutes to finish his operation, when he had the deacon freed from all his shackles, but before he permitted him to depart in peace, Dr. Juno said, I shall be compelled to ask you to make an oath, before you leave my office, to the effect that you will never, by word or deed, aid or abet any one or do any act that will injure either of the Armington family, myself, my followers, or my cause." "'You might as well murder me at once,' responded the deacon, indignantly and haughtily. "'No, sir, I will not become your executioner as yet a while but I can torture you quite a little more, and shall do it, too, if you are not very careful," ejaculated Dr. Juno. "'I don't think you can, for I am suffering a thousand deaths at present, physically and mentally,' exclaimed the deacon. "'I am delighted to think that I am able to chastise you thoroughly, by having done to you what will save you from damnation, if anything can do so. In the long run you will say so yourself, noble, pious deacon," said Dr. Juno. "'Never! But I shall hate you!' "'Be careful, old fellow,' interposed Dr. Juno. "'You are not yet out of my power.' "'From your present remarks, I guess you do not feel inclined to make the oath for the purpose I have proposed it. I shall not interfere with any of you in the future because I know it would not benefit me any. Therefore, rather than be further harassed and tortured by a hard-hearted creature like yourself, I will swear to anything that you may propose," replied the deacon, looking more reconciled to his altered condition. Then repeat after me, in the presence of these witnesses, repeating your own name as you know such things are done, assuming my position. I, Deacon Rob Stew, solemnly swear to never more, by word or deed, injure Dr. Victor Juno or any of his followers or friends. And, should I do so, I agree to have my upraised left hand burned into cinders, my right hand, which now clasped my beating heart, cut into fragments, and my heart torn out by its roots. Moreover, should I fail to do as before stated, I hope to have my soul cast into outer darkness, where there shall be weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth for ever and ever, and where the devil and his boon associates shall hiss at me, and poor pestiferous reptiles with envenomed darts upon my sensibilities, lashing and torturing me beyond the expression of language. This do I voluntarily swear, and hope for no other destiny should I fail in the fulfillment of such promises as I have herein made. So help me God. That will suffice, holy deacon. How do you like my style of an oath?" asked Dr. Juno. You are free to leave. The deacon was dumbfounded. He could not utter a word, but amazement stood upon his countenance. He left the house with the utterance, 
Accursed be your mystery. End of chapter fifty nine.